Welcome back. We're here. Episode three. Hoop World. My guy, Caleb Hotson. Super producer. Super co-host. <laughs> Another good episode back, for you baby. guys. Uh, yeah. We have my guy, Josh Powell, in the building. Former Los Angeles Laker. Two-time champion. Um, also played Dude, overseas. He- is a Euroleague ring. Two, right? Sick. That was right after. Mm-hmm. Shit, man. He's won a lot. <clears throat> won a lot. Played in a lot of different My places. A winner. We got we to get him a, a, a big three ring coming up. But uh, Yeah, you're uh, your big three teammate with the killer threes. Um, This was this was an interesting that's one. Right. He kind of, uh, he got deep. And I mean, that's, you know, that's what we're about sometimes. We just got to let. Let the boys spit, right? Right, Dante? Yeah, you know, anybody that comes on, you know, um, this is a, a, a open platform, I want to say. You know, you, you you tell your story. We come on. We have a good uh, a good talk and um, just kind of just flow with it. So Josh is, is you know, I, we have a pretty good relationship. So we definitely got got in deep to some 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 of the convo. And uh, overall, I think it was a really good, a really good episode, a really good interview. So. Look forward to you guys checking it out. And um, we actually have two episodes dropping this week. We have another one dropping tomorrow. Me and Caleb are just going to just give you guys a rundown about what's going on in the league. Uh, we got college basketball is revving up, so we're going to talk about that. Oh, man. Got to throw my orange man in there. And, uh, you know, talk about a little bit about some high school hoops, too, in that episode. So, uh, you know, going going all the way in with the whole world and uh make sure you guys stay tuned. <clears throat> Dante's net Dante's nets off to a great start. We'll talk that too. <laughs> My nets are going to be just fine. My nets are going to be just fine. <laughs> yes, we're going to talk about that. Coaching change, potential coaches coming in. Potential coach has signed, we don't know yet, but Oof. we shall see. Just make sure you guys stay tuned. Hoop World, baby, episode three. My guy, Josh Pop. Let's get to it. My guy, Josh Pop. My guy. How you doing, buddy? What's going on, man? Lessons, brother. Good to see you. Glad we good. finally making this happen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> We've been in talks about it for a while, and, you know, Hoop World, Hoop World is definitely uh, blessed to, to have you on the podcast and, and, and ready to, to hear your story. Um, but first and foremost, man, how you feeling? How's everything? I'm blessed. Uh, just, just finished third day service. You know me staying the course. Um, but, but good, man, I'm, I'm healthy. Um, continuing to grow and evolve. Um, just staying out the way, man. And, and doing the best I can to be the best version of me daily. I hear that. I hear that. Well, again, thanks, bro. You know, my guy, my big bro. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Tom, NBA champ, Los Angeles Lakers, uh, 14 or is it 15? 15. Year pro. I, actually, I'm, 15. I'm like, 
right at a dub. Oh, it'd be, it'd include for sure. We still include the big three. Definitely right at a dub. Right at a dub. Nah, for sure. So, for sure. But, uh, yes, sir. Long career. Um, we was going to jump right into it. South Carolina guy. Born in, in, in Charleston. But am I right? Yeah. Raised in California. South side. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about how that was growing up, man. And, you know, how long were you in South Carolina? And, you know, when did you move to, to, to College Park, GA? And, and how was your upbringing? So I, I wasn't in South Carolina long. Um, I think when I was about two or three, my mother left my father. So she packed us up. Uh, we hit the road and moved to Georgia. Um, actually, we moved in with my aunt and her daughter, which is my cousin. And uh, we were living over by Greenbrier. And um, my mother was trying to get herself together, uh, working different jobs and things like that. And uh, I actually ended up living with my grandparents um, because she was dropping me off at my aunt and uncles who, who stay in the country. So we were living in Atlanta, and then uh, my my grandparents, they stayed in Tacoa, Georgia. So it's like a... How far is that from the city? Like an hour 45. Yeah. Ooh. So it's like the country, country, like oh, borderline out. South Carolina. Yeah. And um, my grandparents came and got me, and I never uh, went back to my aunts and uncles, and I just started living with them. So uh, two years, two or three years um, of the old school, traditional, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, mm-hmm. no, sir, pull your pants up. Uh, I had chores. I had a job. Um, I was working at a at a sawdust mill helping my grandmother. Um, and we used to sell biscuits on on uh, Saturdays. Uh, you can't be grandma biscuits though. <laughs> Everybody know that. Say what now? I said, you can't beat Grandma <laughs> Biscuits. Grandma Biscuits is, is, is the best business in the world. No, not at all, man. But uh, they they used to have me with them all the time. And then them being heavy churchgoers, we literally, every Sunday, clockwork, every Wednesday, Bible study. You know, Monday was this, mm-hmm. Tuesday was that, Thursday was this, Friday you catch a break, might be something on Saturday. Um but just always around the church, in the church, um, working, learning, you know, learning the ways of being a young man. You know, my my right. my grandfather was uh, a man of few words, but a very uh, powerful man. He was a military vet, uh, Purple Hearts. Uh, he, he literally had every award you could think of. And... Um, my grandmother was just the sweetest person, but they, but neither one of them played. So, so with with you growing up like that, you know, always, always in 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 church, which was crazy, is how I grew up a, a, a lot too. With my mom, she was very religious. But with that, 
life and, and, you know, always being in church, how did you find time for sports? Like, when did you start really playing any type of sport, whether it be basketball or I know like me, when I first started off, I was a baseball player. So like, what was your, what was your first yeah. love? What was your first we got, sport? We got a lot in common, brother. The first sport I played was baseball. So I started off playing okay. baseball, then football. Um, and it was, it was funny because like once I started to get into sports, um, I used to actually learn how to, she, my grandmother got me playing the piano. They started getting me at different things. So it was just, balancing all of that and um just trying to keep yeah, you busy pretty much because i didn't like even though i was in sports it didn't take off until i moved back with my mom so for okay. those years it was just you know uh learning the ways of being a young man doing things the right way my grandfather used to take me all around the city picking up trash uh, just doing things to, in the community and stuff like that. Just a lot of talks about, you know, his war stories and and um, seeing how my grandmother would handle the people in the town, you know, watching um, or experiencing racism, you know, uh, yeah. watching how she diligently and and just with a heart of love and grace would just let things just roll off. And she was just explaining to me as things would happen. Like, you know, it's okay, so we got to pray for them. You know, all of these things that we right. learned on the, on the fly. And um, I'm just great, very grateful for that. You know, she gave me a, a foundation early and just understanding that, you know, human beings and that humans can be hurt and that they'll, they'll put those emotions on other people or situations or circumstances and um, just a lot of teachings that happen early on. Right. And I always tell people like you, you can't, there's nothing like a grand, any grandparent, the grandparents love is, is, is special. I mean, you know, you always have your, your mom and your mom passed away when I was 13. And I always say that mm, there's nobody that's going to love you like your mother. And then after that, I believe it's your it's your grandparents. But uh, you know, when seeing that this is hoop world, what age were you when you first picked up a basketball? When you first started kind of like taking this serious? As far as taking it serious, that wasn't until thirteen, fourteen, late bloomer. I'm a late bloomer, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, my story is unique because I fell in love with sports. Um, as a way to find family, as a way to cope with things that I was dealing with growing up. I come from a background uh, of abuse, um, mental, uh, physical, emotional, and sexual abuse. So when I was playing sports and doing things like that, I was trying to, you know, find a family, find love, find, find something that'll keep my mind and my, and my spirit just busy outside of the things that I was mm-hmm. dealing with. So I played different sports. Um, first picked up basketball when I was right at nine, 10 years old and okay. let go of baseball, finally let go of football 
and then basketball just stuck. And about about 13, 14, I started taking it to another level. So how level. tall were you when you were 13, 14? That's the question. <laughs> um, six foot one. All right, so you had some you was taller than I was then. I think at like 13, 14, I might have been like like five, ten, maybe, somewhere around there. I mean, I had some, a decent yeah. size, but it wasn't, you know, you weren't that once you, you when you that age and you hit that six foot mark, boy, it's it's, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's special. <laughs> I tell you right now, my son 13 and he's six two, bro. I'm like, silent and everything. Yeah, that's crazy. Man, crazy, crazy. All right, so 13, 14, you, you basically on your way to high school. If not already, I mean, 14, you're basically in high mm-hmm. school. Tell us a little bit about Riverdale and, and you know, how it was coming up in, in the school and, and, and how the program was. Man, um, Riverdale is actually the first school I went to and completed my time there. I bounced around elementary. Um, I bounced around in middle school. And then finally, when I got to Riverdale, was able to do uh, ninth, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade there. Um, That's what's up. I don't know, man. Where do I start? The culture of Riverdale. Let's see. You know. I'm about to say, because people don't really know about just GA hoop life. Like, you guys are, I'm not going to lie, you guys are a state. Atlanta's an area that is a lot of the time slept on as far as, you know, team. But it's a lot of hoopers that, you know, that are in the area. And it's a lot of hoopers that really, you know, didn't even really kind of make mm-hmm. it out. It's like just just talk a little bit about that. Like, y'all got some talent. Man, we got so much talent. Um I actually just wanna take this time to give the South Side a shout out. You know what I mean? Cause Clayton County Back when I was there, the rivalries, the 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 amount of guys, um, the competition level was incredible during that time when I was there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, every every night we were going up against somebody. And first of all, just just from a a talent standpoint, you're talking about one of our rivals, which is North Clayton. And two chains went to North Clayton. Uh, you know, uh, Mona. And two chains yes. went to too, though. Yes, bro. So, you know, you had all of that going on. You had, um, you know, I know, you know, Sierra went to my school. Archie went to my school. Yeah, Walker that was there for a small stint. You had T.I. Like, we had all of these people from a entertainment wow. slash a sports standpoint that was all in Clayton County, you know, and mm-hmm. the the rivalry, like I said, between Riverdale and North Clayton, which was the rivalry, those games, that right there was like the things that you look, more, look forward to the most and being in that type of environment, mm-hmm. that type of competition, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure up, up around your way, you got that one school that is on. Like when you, when you see them, you know what I'm saying. We had, uh, we had a so, couple of schools. I ain't gonna lie, we had a couple of schools, but for sure, so, I know what you're so talking. So it was, it was just one of those things. And like, I only played three years of varsity. You know, it's not like 
You know, it's not like I Same was this this phenom and I just had it, bro. Like I really had to work. And my first year, mm-hmm. I played um, ninth grade in JV, and then yep. uh, Chris McFarland, who was actually they were looking at him like he's ne- he's he gonna be the one. And mm-hmm. you know, I only played three years of varsity. I had the chance, you know, obviously to rock with Chris. Um, we had a crazy starting lineup, you know, with our point guard being at 6'4", our two guard 6'6". Um, our three-man was 6'10". Uh, I played the five. I was, you know, I find, I hit a growth spurt, which was crazy going into my sophomore year. I grew like six inches during the summer. So like in a four-month mm-hmm. span, like, Went from six one, six two to six eight, six nine. It was crazy, and and then Chris, who was six uh, five, he was our power four. But man, it the the pride of coming out of that area, knowing the things that we dealt with, the things that we faced, um, the fact that we had fun. It was like hooping. It was it was very family oriented, and we was at your neck. Like it was just a pride thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's that's right. where I got. Growing up, up, especially up through that part, that's where I got a lot of my work ethic. That's where I got, you know, um, that dog mentality, um, just that pride, mm-hmm. bro, because you know what that's like when people talking crazy. They trying to see you. They want, you know, we fighting. It's all of that stuff that you that you deal with growing up. And, right. and you always, right. you know, you want that smoke. Like, it's it's whatever. Like, that's that's what I grew up on. It's like, it's whatever, bro. Like, you're not going to disrespect. You're not, we're not doing that on or off the court. Right. So that's. Did y'all win any, did y'all win any state mm-hmm. championships? No, we, um, no, no state, state championships. We got put out, uh, we got put out one year by Kwame Brown and, and his team. Um, mm-hmm. what's, what's, no uh, yeah. Uh, do you remember Alex? Is it? Johnson, I think. Alexander Johnson. He went to Florida State. He played in the league for a little bit. He was a big South familiar. Um, he was uh, they put us out one year. Um I'm trying to think. Uh, who else we faced to put us out? So did y'all have do y'all have city championships down there? We or is it just states? Basically it's state. So it's like you you get out of okay. your region and then you go to you go and you mm-hmm. play in state. Okay. Okay. See, so I'm, I know I'm, I know in Maryland, in the public school systems, you've had like Baltimore. We have a you'll have a Baltimore County yeah. Championship, which is like the the schools that are kind of like outside the city mm-hmm. in the suburbs, and then you have the Baltimore City Championships, and then all the other other counties around Howard County, um, Anne Arundel County, blah blah blah. You have those, but uh, but yeah. So coming out of high school, like how were were you like? How were you recruited? Like I know we all know you went to NC State and everything, but what was the recruiting process for you, like coming out of high school and 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 give me like, I guess like your top three schools who who were looking. I'll at give you my top five, but first I wanna um I wanna go back because I know you know you know that that conversation about AAU basketball, and and even mm-hmm. though I do agree that where AAU is and and. You know, I don't I don't think it's the healthiest, you know, for the guys that are coming up. But for me, that's how I was able to get on. Um, I started out with Team Georgia. So I played with Outlaw. I played with, you know, Lindsey Hunter. Um, I actually played uh, and people 
you know, I don't know if you remember this name, but Rashad Karouf, who was literally the number one player in the country from seventh, eighth grade all the way till the senior. Like, if I could compare him to somebody, he he was like Gilbert Arenas before Gilbert. Like, like he's he McDonald's like All American. Listen, bro, get a chance, bro. Look him up. He was from Atlanta, a dog, and we actually we took a team to France. Uh, when I was 14, we went to a 19 and under tournament. He was our starting two. Dewan Wagner was our starting point guard. Stephen Hunter. Yeah, oh, bro. Like we, we took a strong eight over there. And um, Josh Pace. Uh, you know, Josh is a... Is a Josh Pace is So, like, Josh is, Josh is all, like, we had all those guys um on one team man and we 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 went to France and like I said playing against other pros you know being in that environment that was life changing then I played with the Georgia Stars um so actually being teammates with Kwame Brown and Cornelius Mitchell and and Mike Dean and all of these guys man like really helped me in in a major way. And then going, you know, getting invited to the Nike All-American camp. I actually was invited to um, um, the NBA Top 100 uh, with the PA camp. And that that was where I really made a name for myself, was like one of the top five performers at that camp. So all of those things, along with, how I played in high school are the things that really, really, really helped me uh, and really, you know, took my name to another level. So to answer your question, you know, I had to give a little little contrast with the answer to your question. Nah, you right, man. I, I, that, that was good. That was no, no, no. It's, it's, I, I just want to make sure I filled in them blanks because, you know, I know it was so yeah, important yeah. for me. But it's, it was my, my top schools were NC State, Georgia Tech, Georgia. Mm-hmm. UNC and Florida. So those were those were my schools. I wanted to go to Georgia Tech for the longest because I was like, man, Bobby Krim is getting these boys in the league. But then Bobby Krim is retired. So Georgia Tech went from being on the list to off the list. (laughs) Paul Hewitt. Now don't get me wrong, because Paul Hewitt, they brought they brought in some boys. They brought in some boys. I'll say. And he used to always be Cause willing, to, I mean, it was after it was after you, but he he started getting the man. It might not have been right when you was there, but he started getting. Right, the man, well, but listen, cause you know Chris Bosh was there, Jared Jack was there. Like that's all, that's all during my time. He was like, he was like, Powell, you could have played with Bosh. I'm like, ah, <laughs> like it was all yeah. during that time. So they fell off then. But you were you were what? You're a year older, but she was a year older than them, yeah. though, right? Yep. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about as far as like, like that he brought them guys in afterward. Like you had to make yep. your decision before any, yep. anything. Like it wasn't like oh, Bosch and Jared Jack was already there. Come play with them. Nah, you was you was ahead of them. You were older than them, so it was like. But the but on the flip me, side, could have been that guy at Georgia Tech. Could have been. Oh no, so, for sure. No, I you know that. what I mean. Like it's it was those things. But let's see. Get so that was Georgia Tech. Jim Herrick was at Georgia. I don't know if you remember Jim uh Georgia got into some trouble because they were giving players money or something like that happened and they got caught up. Which is legal, which they is got, legal now. They got caught. 
legal back then too, but what, hey, what do I, <laughs> but, but they got, they got caught up, man, in some stuff and, uh, they ended up getting suspended. So I was like, we went from Georgia Tech, Georgia's now off the list. So now we got the two Carolina mm-hmm. schools that's in the triangle in Florida. So right. I actually started, uh, I went and made my my first visit. And NC State was my first visit. So at the time, they set it up where me and both Julius Hodge went on our first visit. And the thing that I loved about NC State was the fact that all of their seniors who were bigs graduated. It was crazy. So it was like, all right, they got four seniors. Everybody's leaving. Unheard of. So I was just like. That's how it was. That's crazy. So that's how it was my freshman year. Going to my freshman year. There was only four returning players oh, wow. to Syracuse. None of them played my position. Like we had Paul Hurst who was there. He was a he's a mm-hmm. small forward. I was born in the school looking to play the power forward, a little bit of small, kind of mixing it up. At Syracuse, the the power and small forward are kind mm-hmm. of interchangeable. So basically with nobody at my position, we had Renze Onowaku and we had two guards. We had um I'm sorry, we might have had five players. We had, uh, uh, excuse me, Andy Robbins, and then we had my man Eric Devendorf. Oh, yeah, I had and then we also had my man Josh Wright. Yeah, you know, Dave, that's my guy. Uh, shout out, Dave. We had Eric Devendorf, and then we also had uh, a point guard in, in Josh Wright, who was, at the time, I believe, uh, a junior, maybe, maybe a rising, maybe a senior, but... We it basically was nobody there, so we brought in six mm. freshmen and a junior college transfer, which was crazy. Number one recruiting class at the time, and you know we try to we always try to drop drop gems on the on the on the podcast for the for the young kids, just to let them know y'all got to do y'all research when you looking up these schools. Like it's not just about oh Kentucky wants me, oh NC State wants me, oh Syracuse. Um, you know, Florida, whoever it may be, Kansas, really do your research on who's recruiting you, what it will look like when you get to the school. Because if you're a kid that's coming in, used to playing, was in high school, 40 minutes a game or 35 minutes a game, however many minutes they play in high school now, you don't want to go nowhere where you have to possibly red shirt one, two, have to sit out and 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 can really you know take a toll on yourself. Can take a toll on your game. Can take a toll on your mental. Like just you know, what I'm saying, do your research and make sure you know. Like, hey, this is what I got going on. This is the situation. Don't be afraid to ask coaches. Hey, who are you guys recruiting? You know, who's in my position? You guys recruiting? Like, be 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 try to be transparent with the coaches because at the end of the day, it could hurt you. Everybody see how many people's in the transfer portal. It was what. The, the thousand, two thousand kids in the transfer portal, something crazy like that mm-hmm. this past year. Like, come so on. To now. your point, make sure you No, nah, to your point to expound on that. Like, a lot of y'all got a lot of kids got to be realistic too on why why are you going to college? Like, what are you trying to do? And I and I know education mm-hmm. is important. I am not sitting up here saying that it's not, but I'm a hooper. I wanted to play professional. <laughs> like at the end of the day, 
You know what Facts. I mean? I didn't know. Facts. I knew I could play at the top level, but I didn't know what my level would be. I just know that I, I had a dream and a goal of playing professional. So I, I was, yep. whether it was overseas or NBA, I was just like, that is my goal. What is going to put me in the best situation to achieve that goal? You can get an education anywhere, but what is going to put you in the best position in order to get to where your main goal is? And literally, these were the things that I thought about, because even in going to UNC, for example, to continue to go down the list, it was like, I'm a pray play behind the, what's the big fella's name? Lane. I cannot remember his name. Uh, Not Trajan Landon. That's, uh, he went to Duke, right? Um, I'm sorry, that is Duke. Big, big fella that was, he was like number 42 for UNC. He was actually on his way out. He was like a junior. No, not Sean. Sean younger than um, Josh. Yeah, he was older because he was like a junior when I was coming in. So it would be like having to play behind him. Okay, then. Why don't you tell me? If I remember it, I'll let you know. But again, that was one of the, like I said, these are the things that I'm thinking about, to your point, like making these college decisions because they're going to sell you on education. They're going to sell you on, oh, we got this and we got that. But it's like when I'm coming in, Am I going to be able to play? And if I'm not going to be able to play, am I going to get a fair shot to earn the right to play? Which I don't have a problem going in anywhere as long as I can earn the right to play. So that's why NC State for me was like the most beautifulest situation out of those five that that I felt like, man, I don't see anybody. And we had a strong recruiting class. You know, me, um, Ilian Eftimov, Julius Hodge, Levi Watkins, and uh, Jordan Collins. So that was our, and I think two of them kind of up your way, right? Levi and Jordan, they, they. Levi, yeah, Levi. I don't know where Jordan's from. Because Jordan Levi's went to, um, is, is, yeah. is it, what's the name of that school? Uh, the Matha. That was, that's yeah. BC. So it's up there. So, you know, it's like, it's, it's close. <laughs> Yeah. So uh you know how we do when you get in town, it's a whole different story. We rivalry, but we out of town, like, yeah, you know what I'm saying they they the, they the homies, they close. But when we in town, like, nah man, we don't mess with them. Well, so, yeah, you know, you know it, I, as I started learning the history about all of that, but you know <laughs> but uh but yeah, we we had a really strong class coming in and like I said, it just I looked at it as an opportunity. Let me earn me. You know what I mean? I don't I don't necessarily have to have no give, you know, no handouts, which is fine for me. Let me earn my keep. And that's that's what got me to NC State. All right. Well, we at NC State, freshman year. You average seven, seven point two um, points per game, about four rebounds a game. Tell us about just just the, the the freshman year, because before I get ahead of myself, you had a crazy jump. Your your sophomore year. Not a crazy jump, but I had a, a great jump your sophomore year, I would say. Um, but just tell me about how the freshman year went. Like you and you in the ACC, like it's the bump is no uh, pause. The bump is thick, man. Some, some some good bump. So you know, like how was how was that? The bump is way different. ACC is is um, is crazy. Like you know, for one, um, and and again, I'm always glad that things worked out the way that they did, but. I can only imagine it's like her, I felt like her started messing with me, uh, you know, midway through the season, especially at the end. I started off, bro, like, you know, I was, 
I can't remember which freshman team I made, but um, I started off made first team off winning. I got at least two, three freshmen of the weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, we we obviously had a strong strong year, and you know, get a chance. Shout out to my guy Anthony Grundy. That was my brother. Um, he lost his life, but you know, I definitely want to pay homage to him. I was there with him. Um, Archie Miller. Um, yeah. Mm. Sean, so Sean Miller recruited me heavily. Little, little. I'm about to say, little Archie is a, is a is a was a is a coach yeah. now though, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. So um, played with him. I was there with Scooter Cheryl, uh, Marcus Melvin. Um, what's Mike's last name? Uh, Michael about 16. Yeah, y'all had a, y'all had we a squad. squad, bro. We had, had we a squad, had a little squad. Y'all had a squad. So, <laughs> you know, it, it was, it's just going through those bumps, bro. You you know, first year, figuring things out. Um, you know, obviously mm-hmm. every game, every situation is different. I never had a night off. You know, Carlos Boozer, uh, Chris Wilcox, Lonnie Baxter. Uh, man, we... we <laughs> I man, I can name so many people. You know, we was playing against Syracuse. What's um, what's the what's the one kid, man? He was like a three. Wait, it was like twenty something years ago. Um, he was nice too, man. I can't remember his name, but he was like big time then because we actually played uh, a game at Syracuse. This was two. So this was two thousand and two. So this is before Melo got there. Um, he was he was real dark skinned. Kind of, he had dark um, eyes. But he was like dark brown, shortcut, like a three four. But he was tall, like bro was a bucket. He was like their guy for for a couple years. I gotta remember his name, man. But I'll never forget playing in front of y'all's crowd, bro. I remember that game. 30,000 plus. One of the bet. Listen, thirty thousand. I had plus. fourteen and ten, bro. I will never forget that environment, dog. So turned up, bro. It was, yeah. listen, y'all spot, one of my favorite spots. It like definitely that. is. Unreal. Mm-hmm. Unreal. Unreal. Yeah. So, yeah. Imagine playing every, there every, every, like every home crazy. game. Crazy. I already know. <laughs> I already know. But, um, wow. you know, uh, just, just the ups and downs of, of being a, a freshman and I was out of state, you know, just adjusting to a lot of, Excuse me, just into a lot of different things and a lot of, you know, a lot of a lot of learning lessons. Uh, uh, took a lot of bruises and bumps. Um, but but it definitely was something that I used to motivate me um for my next year. We had a great season. We actually played in the ACC championship both years. I was there against Duke both times. Um, took an L. But your sophomore year, so that's where I'm getting to now. Now, this is the game right here. This is the game. So sophomore year, ACC championship versus Duke. You got Sheldon Williams. You have Shavik Randolph. You have Lee Melchione, who was a basket. I don't, I don't know if people remember Lee Melchione, but Lee Melchione could get it done. And then, of course, you had J.J. Reddick. Chico. Our guy, Josh Powell, came out. Are you He He... he I want to say you were second leading scorer in the game, though. You had twenty six that game. Like, tell me, tell me, tell me about that championship game. Sophomore year, you was you know, very solid. Sophomore year, 14, 14 and six. Sophomore year, but tell me about that championship game 
and 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 your mindset going into and I, even though you you know you we, you guys didn't get the win, but like being there and being in that moment and and you know twenty six man against get some very good competition, man. Tell me so about I that. definitely want to run it back. Um, remember, I kind of gave context to my motivation for my sophomore year. So during that summer, I had worked my tail off. I put on 15, I put on 15 uh-huh. pounds where I stayed in the gym, got stronger. I was shooting the ball better from deep. Like that's when I was taking threes. Uh, work, worked on my handle. Yeah, you hit a three that game. Worked on my handle, worked on the post game. Like, the athleticism was already there. Like, I was just expanding my game. And I'll never forget, bro, mm-hmm. I was dogging everybody in the first that first week of preseason practice. And Herb still decided to bench me. And he decided to start Ilya Eftemov. And Ilya ended up tearing his ACL. So I don't wish mm. bad on nobody, but because of that, that's what helped me be able to go to another level. Now, the messed up part was Herb would play me one game, then he wouldn't play me as much the next game. So it was like all of this, bro. Like I had one game, I went 10 mm. for 10. Like I got a school record. I think J.J. Hickson broke the record after me, but like he went 11 for 11. I went 10 for 10. But had 20-something in whatever one game. Her wouldn't play me or whatever, barely the next game. Come back, play me some more. I'd have 17 or whatever. So it was like he was messing with me. I literally thought mm-hmm. about quitting, bro. A lot of people don't know this story, wow. but I literally, I called my mama. I'll never forget this. I called my mom. We were playing Duke on Valentine's Day. And the night before the game, we had like a heart-to-heart. She was crying on the phone. She was just telling me, son, you can't do that because my mom was real sick. And I was willing to say, you know what? I'll just get a job. I'll just come home so I can take care of you. And she was like, son, you can't do that. Like, you work too hard. You don't let anybody take you out your game. You don't let anybody take from you what you know you put in that work to do. So we had this Mm -hmm. heart-to-heart, man. And ever since that game, which was obviously, what, February 14th, from that time up until ACC time, up until NCAA time, bro, I literally went averaging like 17 and like 8 to finish it out. And went into the ACC tournament, averaged like 20 and 9. And getting to that game... Like for me, it was it was personal because I was just tired of all the the Duke talk. We got our butts kicked the year prior to that, even though they had twenty pros on that team. Because we played against Booz, Dunleavy, J. Will, like they had mm-hmm. a brick, bro. Man, Duhon. they had a brick, bro. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that year I'm like, okay. You know, we we split the we split the year. We beat them, and then they beat us, and it was it was showtime, man. You know, all the talk between me and uh, Sheldon. Um, I I just wanted to come out, man, and, and show up and show out, bro. And, and you know, we we it's like we we had it, and then it slipped away from us. And it was like the craziest thing ever, man. JJ was. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Like bro was, yeah. bro was like the cheat code in college, man. Like unbelievable. And 
Uh, it was a, it was a great game, but we ended up losing. Um, but I was hungry and I was on one. And then the other thing that a lot of people don't know is because how I was treated that year in my mind, a lot of people didn't know this, but I was like, I'm out. So that's the other reason why I was so turned up because I was like, man, I'm, I, I'm thinking I'm take my chances. Cause I also thought about transferring. But at that time, you know, mm-hmm. if you transfer to another ACC school, you got to sit two years. You got to sit out of two years. ACC two school. Years? If you, Even if, if you, you transfer s- to another ACC school, it's two years. But if you transfer to a school that's in a different conference, it's one year. Wow. So that's the reason why I was just like, I'll take my chances. You know what I'm saying? Right. All right. So you, so you, you had a great, the ACC championship. Like you just said, you know, you didn't like the way you was being treated. Obviously, you I'm quite sure you could have transferred to any any school you wanted to, ACC or any other conference, but you decide to go and put your name in the draft. Now, you go undrafted. What is your mindset? Obviously, you get picked up, you go to the mass for vet camp. But what is your mindset? I'm quite sure you worked hard all, all summer because you know I know you. That's what you do. You work hard. But going into vet camp with the Mavs, what is your mindset going into camp as an undrafted rookie? Well, first of all, I kind of felt some kind of way because I felt like Herb had something to do with my stock changing. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't even notice, and uh, my agent ended up telling me like years after, but he was like, I was initially projected as high as like 16 or 17. So to go from that to potentially going from 16, 17 to late first rounder, that was what it was looking like for quite some time. And then all of that changed. I actually upped my stock at Chicago, like going to Chicago. I was like one of the top performers, um, you know, at Combine. And then I had like NBA coaches and some people telling me like, yo, keep doing what you're doing. Like, you're killing it, bro. They they talking about you. Da, 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 da. I'll never forget, bro. Herb showed up the second to last day. And them same coaches, some of them same people was like, oh, you need to go back to school. You need to think about it. You show you. I don't think you're ready to come out. Like that whole tune changed, bro. I swear to you. Sweating, bro. Never, never got a chance to to dive into that story, man, because it was so much that had happened. Um, you know, I've I've talked about the fact of how I went from testing the waters to actually saying F it and just going forward with I'm it. In. Um, and the quick mm-hmm. story about that was during a recruitment visit and Cedric Simmons, and listen, he went to the league, so salute to him. But when they brought him in, they gave him my number. And they had me take him around. Like, I was the person that took him around on the visit. So when we come into the locker room, wow. and I'm a kid, bro. Like, we come into the locker room. I'm like, y'all gave, bro, my number. This what we doing? That's why I was like, I'm out. That's when I officially was like, mm-hmm. y'all got it. But then right. for her, I swear to you, bro, my spirit tells me that that man has something to do with my draft status, bro. Because the stuff that I went through that year, Tay, coaches telling me, F you, and you need to go home, don't come back. Like, it was just all kind of stuff. And I'm like, bro, these grown men talking to kids like this. Like, what's up? Like, 
I don't think people feel, right. you know what I'm saying, like what we go through because you're technically a young man. Like you haven't, you haven't hit that, that, that corner yet, bro. Even if you turn 21, not yeah, even yet. if you turn 21 and yeah, you're still you're a still senior, you're still a kid. So you, you're not out there in you that do world. Four years, bro. You still, you going to enter, you know, coming out at what, 21, maybe 22, depending on when your birthday was. So, mm-hmm. you know, my college experience and how I'm looking at that, I'm like, why are they, why are they talking to kids like that? Why am I going through all these things? So that's the reason why I had the attitude and mentality and why I mashed the gas and was just like bumping. But I'll never forget. I had a, um, I had like a small little draft party or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm, I'm geeked up because I'm thinking like, okay, this could be a possibility. My agent kept it real with me. And he said, look, it's going to be A, B, and C. Just be prepared for how this thing could, could go and work out. I never wouldn't think that I wouldn't get drafted. I would have thought that, you know, my name would have got called, but that never happened. And I remember my heart sank in my chest, bro, when they called Josh Howard. And it sounded oh. like Josh Powell, like for that split second. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll never forget, like, bro, they, they said the 28th pick. And, it was, and he was the last pick of the, of the first round. And I know I was going up the yep. stairs and I heard them call Josh and I swear it said Powell and it was Howard Bro, my knees. Everything just buckled bro, as I was going up the stairs. And then I heard everybody get excited. And then it was like the air got let out of the room. Yeah, uh, like that let down. So I just went outside, bro. Like I was like tearing up. I was frustrated. Uh, I was disappointed. I had like all of these emotions, man. And I want to, you know, salute to my agent because he, he literally said, listen, bro, it's going to be okay. Like he talked me through it. And I promise you, if it wasn't, it wasn't for him and his transparency, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I would have been able to handle that. Well, I'll tell you this. As a guy who, who I didn't go undrafted, but I definitely slid to where I never thought I would be at. You know, I was projected anywhere between 10 to 20. Hey, say that and, again, bro, because let me live through you for a second. Like, we ain't just going to fly past that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, <laughs> I just want to give you yours, bro, like, straight up. Like, I always wonder how people feel to take that walk, man, and mm, mm. You know, I never, I didn't I, I didn't do all that, though. That's what's crazy. I got invited to New York, but I, um, I had too many, I had, my family is big, man, and I didn't feel like it was fair to just you know, just say, oh, only you can go and only, you know, only you only get like, what, three or four tickets, maybe f- maybe five, depending on who you are, to to sit in the green room. And I, you know, I had my green room invite, but I was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not going. Like, I need to stay home. I want to be around my family, you know, like that, I had a big family. So I didn't get to take that walk. But, you know, to, 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 to hear my name called was definitely, was definitely a blessing. But, uh, you know, it wasn't, Obviously, it wasn't where I wanted to be at, but you know, it it all worked out at the end of the day, and 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 I went on to 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 do some great things. But uh, to get back, what we was talking about though, with the with the Mavs, you know, like how was how was that going into camp as a as an undrafted, you know, rookie? Oh, it was it was a beautiful experience, um, and and again for me. I went in with the mindset of making that team. 
I literally was the the last cut. Like, right, I was, was there. there, bro. Like, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, strong preseason games, considering the low amount of minutes. Because, I mean, at that time, you know, uh, Sean Bradley, you know, obviously they had Dirk playing with Nash. Um, they just had they just had their core guys. And here's the other thing, right? Because, you know, we talked about college, but the same applies to free agency. And when you're going in with some of these teams, you want to make sure you're in a position where you can actually make a team. Like, is there a need, you know, for you at that team? You know, some guys don't understand that. Their agents will just throw them to a team and they all happy and geeked up, bro. But it's like, yo, this got to work. I got to figure out who's right. drafted there. You got to figure out, is there going to be legit playing time? All of that. So I went in, like, with the mindset, like, I'm going to make it. And then Donnie, he called me into the office. He said, listen, we understand it didn't work out, but we're going to keep our eyes on you. You're you're literally, like, one of our guys. And at that time, you know, I'm, I'm 19 years old, 1920. Like, I was fresh out. So um, I just... I use that as as nothing but motivation. Um, thank God again, as I keep talking about my agent Jamie Knox, like he he, you know, we talked and there was a plan that was put in place on how we can figure this thing out and hopefully get back in a position where we can, you know, be in front of some teams again. At the vet camp, you got uh, you head overseas to start your overseas mm-hmm. career. Got cut, like you said, you were the last last cut from the mass. And you overseas now. You head to Russia. Locomotive. Freezing cold. I know. <laughs> it's Russia. Like, what, like, how? And what's crazy is, though, like, you don't end up staying the whole season there. You go from Russia and you go to another team in Italy. But two weeks two you weeks. was in Russia. That's all I had. How many games How many games you play? Maybe. I know I played one for one sure, game. but no more than two. Bro, I seen somebody get it over there in Russia, bro. Called my agent. I said, bro, I got to go. Somebody, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, you know, over, you know, over the way, and again, respect. But you know, a lot of these countries, like especially Russia, Italy, like certain places, bro, them, them are mob brand teams. So that was my introduction to. <laughs> Listen, bro. I've never heard a story like that. Somebody. Wow. In practice, in the game. I've seen it. Uh, I was getting something to eat. So I was learning. I was wow. learning so many different things on the on the fly, man. And and uh, obviously, you know, being in other countries, you know, you gotta you gotta get with the program quick, like how how they move, just different things like that. And um. Uh-huh. I remember my driver was taking me to McDonald's. That was like my thing. That was my place of peace and making sure I could eat something. Now, McDonald's is a real, a restaurant real restaurant overseas. I tell people this take all the care time. It's like yes, good food. It's fresh. Yeah. They're not playing that. So what are we talking about? What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> McDonald's overseas is a real. Okay. Listen, quick story real quick. When I was in Lebanon, the McDonald's in Lebanon, had a valet. Like you pulled up, do the valet, you get out, they valet your car, and you walk inside and you sit down to eat. All right. Crazy. 
So is, this, is this like multiple countries or just like we, we're only talking about that's all like the apple days. pies fresh the fries salty the nice the nice light brown fry to them the sandwiches fresh mm-hmm. piping hot like the bun is not too warm man. not too crispy but the bun I'm saying Word. noted different. carry on <laughs> it's different yeah so but go ahead finish, finish that story that's over there no, yeah, all overseas. It's overseas. Europe, it's different. Europe, Asia, Middle East, different. Yeah, it's different. So, um, as we're going to get McDonald's, and they have a lot of people that's a part of their crew stationed, like in blocks, and they basically go up to people and they're like. Give me the money. Like, just give me, give me what you got. Give me money. So the dude was explaining to me, my driver, he was explaining to me, like, what was going on? Because I was asking him, like, no, what's going on? And you see G-Wagons, like, every few blocks. And all the mob. One dude, G-Wagons. One dude got out of pocket, bro. Seen that thing live, bro. Popped that man, bro. I was on the phone. I was on the phone. So you was like, it's time to, it's time yeah, to go. Call a call. <laughs> you know, back then we ain't got the cell phone, bro. We ain't doing none of that. We got the we got the yeah. stacker call a call. I said, look, bro, you gotta get me up out of here. On top of the fact that I wasn't really uh I wasn't really playing like that. You know what I'm saying? Like they was I came over there to hoop and then the uh you came over late too, even though you had the NBA tag from Vet Camp that got you in the door. But people don't know when you're going over the teams like that, you're starting in August. Your first, your first training camp process is, is maybe the second week of August. So you think Josh is November. coming over after Vet after Vet Camp last cut back in 2000, 2003. This is. Camp actually went a long period the of time in the NBA then. So you're definitely you're definitely coming over in yes. November, second, maybe even third week of November. They're already well into the season yes. by then. So, so so yeah, definitely a lot of adjustment to 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 get down. A lot of adjustment with that. So tell us about well, so you left Russia, you went to 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 Italy, um, you finished the season yep. up there. You went and did another stint overseas, but you actually went back to the Mavs. Went back to the Mavs in 2005. Yep. What was that? How was that process like? Were you? Did you have any grudges towards them because you got cut? Or you was just like, you know what? Let me go in here and let me actually make this team. I was hungry, bro. That's all I can remember. So let me know if you remember these names. Monty Mack and Shawnee, uh, Sean Colson. You remember, you remember those two names? So negative. Sean Colson was like the OG. Sean Colson played exactly like Sam Cassell, but he was 5'10. But he also mm. played in the league for a stint. He was with Houston. A bucket, like Brooklyn okay. go. Monty Mack, same thing. Uh Monty Mack was 6'1. He was our two guard. But the second, the second stint of me going and and playing actually for the rivalry team to the team that I had played with a half a season prior to. Um, 
Sean and Monty helped me in so many different ways. Uh, my OGs, Brandon Brantley and, and James Forrest, helped me my first year, too. Like, I had great bets. But mm-hmm. at that time, let's see, what was I, 21, I think, 22? No, 2022, because I came out at 19 and I had just turned 20. Um, 2005, yeah. You so uh, I had a strong year in Italy and actually mm-hmm. played for the Mavericks Summer League team. And Avery, Avery was coaching. Uh, Marquise was there. And Marquise had already he Dennis. already established himself on that team. So and me and him had a relationship, bro, because mm-hmm. in Chicago he was my teammate. So we okay. knew each other. And when I got there, like him, Devin, who had already been there the years, you know, the year prior, Devin Hurts. So they were just mm-hmm. like JP, we're gonna look out for it. We got you. So so That's yeah, right. so they were part of the summer league team. And my first couple of games, like 19 and 12, 15, 10, like just strong. You know, performance. I remember Avery was like, "Hey, pal, you know, we don't, we don't need all that here, pal. Whatever you got going on, you know, I don't care nothing about your little nineteen points and your little twelve rebound." Like he used to talk crazy to me. I'm like, "What's up, mm-hmm. bro?" So he told me that summer. Um, they told my agent actually. They said, "Look, we're gonna see how he plays against the White Power." And and okay. we'll see how this game goes. Based on this game, we'll make a decision. Played against the White because they shut the White down for the second half, I believe. But we bumped their first half, and and I made mm-hmm. I made it difficult on them. Obviously, we all know how great of a player he is. Uh, but just right. just making it really difficult for him. And me and him was cool. Like it was crazy because we had a, we had a relationship. Boy. And here's the other part. When he came on the recruiting trip, I was the host. So they put they put Tennessee a whole State. situation together for him, and I was like, "Bro, go to the league. If you got that set up, go ahead." Mm-hmm. So you know, what right. I'm saying we already had that type of level because he was like, "Hey, man, I remember when you told me." He said, "Man, I did it, and here, here I am." You know what I mean? So not saying that I had everything to do with that, but. You know, I just I just remember right. us having that conversation and he just brought it up again because he was like, man, I, I really listened and I respect what you had to say. Um, so anyway, like the fact that we got that bump against each other and Avery called. Excuse me, Avery called my agent and he was like, y'all come up to the to the room. And I'll never forget, bro, like he called me and me and Jamie went to his room. And he said, I'm going to sign you to a two-year deal. We're going to guarantee the first year, not guarantee the second year. Welcome to the team. And I kept my composure, bro, until I got outside of his room, bro. I fell on the ground, tears in my eyes, bro. I was just like, thank you, God. That's all I kept saying, bro, because I was just like, man, two years of grinding, and I'm finally here. Mm-hmm. And I know that this is mm-hmm. not it, but I came from the South Side. I was the kid that everybody was like, bro, you trash. You ain't going to never be nothing. My teacher said that. My family said that. I have folks that were supposed to be my partners saying that. Like, I had so many doubters, you know, people that doubted me. And, excuse me, to 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 get that, to get have that meeting, to get that call, have that meeting, and 
to have that opportunity, man, was just, I can't do nothing but just thank the creator because, you know, that's just a testament, man, of, of a lot of things going right. You know, you, you know that you know, as that's well. Hard. That's, like, that's how that opportunity went down. Well, so we can have all the, the game in the world yeah, or just yeah. certain things, but it just takes so many other things to go I right. Just, I was just wondering what the, you know, the difference between those deals were like, you know the, so the deals overseas compared. I was really thankful because you know, it was like, deal. I didn't have a lot of time. talk about the specifics, but just... To some of me, this now, okay, look like two. You know, that's how that opportunity went down. So you go through that that first year. Oh my bad. Go ahead, kid. So my first. No, we. This, this why we here, Caleb. I got you. So my first. Um, uh, he was your <laughs> lead. Uh, he was making some money. Well, a- after the fact, but to to put context to it. You know, 20 years ago, when you first coming out, and if you were an undrafted guy and whatever your situation was to get into overseas and to start out making six figures, you, that, that was like you were different. So my, my first year in Russia, I signed a deal for like 140000 you know what I'm saying? Um, and then I was, I was able to make 100000 or something like that for my, for my contract that I have for Italy. So then, because the old CBA, which basically, if you go to training camp, it counts as a year. This is way, oh. way, way back. So all remember, I had yeah, already yeah. went. It's all good. I got to me, that was a blessing. So yeah. when I actually you know signed my first deal, so starting off, my you know, quote with unquote, that jump rookie and, contract wasn't and that. Just they based it off of a second year contract. Mm-hmm. So my so first mean, salary. All right, so you go through the year with the Mavs. 83,000, um, I think. Something like that. So, all transparency, Caleb. It's all good. But to me, that was a blessing. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm starting off, you know, with that jump and 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 just going from there. That's what's up. All right, so you go through the year with the Mavs. Um, 2006. Uh, I was going to get to the good part. I was going to get straight to, I know the, you to the young side, it, to the chips. I don't know about most, most That's what I was trying to get to. That's what everybody... The reason Caleb from SAC, he bro. knows who you is. We got a lot of SAC team followers, so they all know who you so are. Give you a little back. They want to get to the juice. They want to get to the Kobe stories. They want to. They want that. That's what they want. I'm just trying to get along through the process and get there, but... The reason why I was one of those, right, is so I'm gonna give you a little backstory, then we can move on. But gotcha. If y'all remember, we were up 2-0. We won the first two games in convincing fashion. I'm talking about butt kickings, right? Almost a dub both mm-hmm. times. 
Game three, mm-hmm. with three minutes and some change left to go, we are up 15. We're up 15. Now I'm going to go backwards. Prior to game three, Mark Cuban starts planning a parade. He starts talking crazy in the media, all these things going on. So the guys in the back, we like, uh, you know, this, this was back. We used to joke throughout the year and be like, all right, David Stern made that call. He put that call in. We used to always say that. Like when we seen certain games that happen, and then when you talk to people throughout the league, you'd be like, mm, I don't know about that one. I don't know about that win. I don't know about them calls. And, and lo and mm-hmm. behold, what happened? What, what was the one referee that came out was talking about what he was doing in the end game? Calm down. So these were things that were happening. Kato, let me know how you convincingly win say, two games all by the Game three, up got, 15, got, and then all was, you know, everybody was game three. We got a different crowd, so you got to say names. One guy like, shooting 20-something free throws per game. So I'm not going to take nothing away from him. He's a beast. Talking about this on it. Talking about Rudd D-Wade. kicked our butts. Talking about D-Wade. I'm not trying to be on that. Shooting guard or walking on it. Wade and Shaq. That's all I want to say. I just want to lay that out there. For the dramatics. Ain't no hate hip, man. All I, I know is who bro was. You know, everybody was Mark We got a different crowd, so you got to no say names. Plan. You got to put address on it. And we would just remain humble. You got to put the address on it. Talking about D-Wade. Talking about D-Wade. I literally, I ain't going to say this because you got D-Wade and Shaq. TV concert. Didn't deserve that ring, huh? In five. Ain't no hate hip, man. All I know is. I wonder what would have happened if Mark didn't call. There was no free. Wait, so you're saying by the owner, we would have just remained humble. That fired up the heat, is what you're saying. Y'all think Mm. y'all would have swept? What he's saying is that. What I'm saying is, hang on, hold on. on, on, He got these all over to help you out. What I'm saying is, the NBA is big business. In five. Okay. And as we watch some of these playoffs and things that have gone on through the years, the wait, so you're saying I'm sure you look at the TV and be like, oh, no. That fired up. No, I, that's all I'm going to say. I thought you were referring to uh, some Lakers what bullshit. I'm saying, hold, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So I, I forgot. I, I had, I, I probably like the listener got confused. Like, oh, oh, he's talking about the Mavs. So I agree. Yeah, Tim Donahue, fuck that guy. Sorry for the language, but yeah, he ruined. Ruined I'm sure you looked at the TV and been uh, like, he ruined the Kings oh, franchise, but no. we'll get to that later. That's well, all I'm going to say. I, I thought you were Let's referring to uh, uh, past some Lakers bullshit later in like 06 or 05. So I, I forgot. I, I had, I, I, I probably like the listener got confused. Like, oh, oh he's talking about the Mavs. So I agree. Yeah, Tim Donahue, fuck that guy. Once again. Sorry for excuse the language, but yeah, he ruined the number of... You sign a deal the Kings with the Clippers. We'll get to that later. Four year. How was that? For sure. How was that? For sure. For sure. Let's keep Clippers. it moving. So, all right. So now we move past the controversial actually, championship of 2005 year, with the Mavs. I, I signed a three-year deal. You are traded to the Pacers in 2006. Okay. The same year, traded um, to Golden State. And then it just, but the, the Clippers again, year was my best my guys, personal hard year. As far as he numbers stick with and it. doing that. You sign a deal with the Clippers. But then, four year. How was we, that? How was that with this? First of all, we Clippers. weren't healthy. Clippers we were down to like seven guys. Actually, a three-year. That's how crazy it was. Uh, so that's why I said it was my best. The first year was a year because okay. now um, I get a, 
And then it just uh, the the Clippers year was my best personal year as far as numbers and doing that. Um, but then I but y'all just we, think. Well, first of all, we weren't healthy. We were down to like seven guys. That's how crazy it was. Sheesh. So that's why I said it was my best statistical year because now I get a chance to just hoop. And I was so, mm-hmm. and it's funny because Mike told my agent, because he, Mike Dunleavy was, God bless him, but like one of those OG, like with the ego and not like, I don't know what his deal was, but like I came in with it on my mind. Like I was, and he told my agent, like he's supposed to be my starting power four. But well, why you ain't keep starting me then? Like what, why you let all this whatever go on? So long story short, man, I got a chance to play like two and a half, almost three months starting doing, just getting minutes, like, you know, bumped up to like 30, 35 minutes a game and just actually getting able to hoop, man. And I had my career high 22 and 12 uh, against Houston. Fire. Um, I had a couple of 20 point games. I had, you know, a bunch of double doubles. Um, I had one game I played like 51 minutes, double overtime joint, had a double double. Um, just really being able to show what I could do. I say all that to say, both times I played against the Lakers, I, put, I had a double-double, like strong games. And we almost, you know, won uh, two of them. Um, the other, I played in three games, but the other, the other one I didn't play because that was like beginning of the year. They just straight up came in, mashed the gas on us. But um, that's what helped me get, get the chance to um, do a tryout with them. Um, which I got the job. So Ronnie Terrell signed a three-year deal with the Warriors. That's when he left, when they was going to re-up. You know, he was, Ronnie was that deal, you know what I'm saying, back when when he was there. So Golden State gave him a, a contract, which opened up that spot. So after they lost, I was with the Clippers the year that Boston won the championship. And after they lost, Ronnie left, which left one spot open. I literally went, Got a call one night. My agent was like, you're on a flight first thing in the morning. Like, they're flying you out there. You got to go straight into a workout in the morning. Bro, I didn't sleep. I didn't eat. Jumped on the plane. Went and worked out. Yep. To the Lakers? Yep. Went and worked out. So how did you get... That's what I'm saying. How did you... You had the non... So they just said they after the, that year, they said they weren't going to bring you back for the non-guarantee? Mm-hmm. So they wanted me... So that was the other thing, too. Like, bro, I had played... Up until that point, I had played summer league every season. I done played five summer league, bro. Like, what are we doing? I'm not playing. I'm not, not playing summer league no more. I, not I not only that, but I started for y'all. You saw what I could do the whole year, and you still want me to go play in summer league? What I look like? So we was like, nah, we're not doing that. And it just so happened to work out. Didn't play summer league. Randomly, my agent was busting his butt. And was able to get me get me a, a workout with um with the Lakers. With the Lakers. So you signed with the Lakers. Yes, how was that? How was that first year though? Like how was that first championship? Because it was it was special because it was Kobe's fourth, but it was also like a I did it without Shaq type of deal. So like how was just how was that year experiencing that? First of all, they set the tone from the jump. You know, normally teams don't come in to like a so like a month before, maybe like three weeks before, like as far as the whole team, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they just got drugged. Labor they Day just type got deal. drugged in 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 the finals, and um, 
they had a chip on their shoulder. And I'll never forget, man, after after I got the job, I made the decision to go out there early. So I was like, man, I'm I'm sort of going out here and get to work. And mm-hmm. literally 90% of the team was already in the gym. Like everybody was on deck. And you could feel, you could feel the energy in the gym out the gate. Cause Cole was there early, but he would come in and out and watch. Like he'd already did two or three workouts by the time we started doing whatever. Like, you know, he was on his thing. And um mm-hmm. I'll never forget that first day, man. Like when they brought it in, they was just talking about, you know, he was saying like, y'all know how, y'all know what happened last year. Y'all know how we felt. We ain't on there. We ain't doing that this year. We come to complete the mission, right? From the jump, you could feel that energy. Like that's how we started the, the season off. And we brought it in. We would say ring, one, two, three, ring. Like them folks locked in. From, From the, the jump. jump. One, two, three, ring. From the jump. That's, jump that's dope. From the jump. And and I respect. So having the chance to be a part of an organization like that, the traditions, the history, it's nothing like that. Like I wish everybody could get the chance to experience certain organizations because that comes with something. Like it's a blessing to be a part of the league. But the purple and gold, purple and gold, different, different. We had to, we had film sessions. We had to come in, dim the lights, everybody close your eyes, listen to my voice. Like, yeah, (laughs) we was doing all that. No, no, no. Did you ever meditate with film? (laughs) No. (laughs) But I had some, had some books though. You know what I'm saying? Like he'd give me a few books. You know, he'll tell me, quiz me on it, on some of the books he gave me and stuff like that. But yeah, what's it like being a, a guy? Just you know, being a, kind of a journeyman, stepping into being around like the greatest coach of all time, arguably a, a top three player of all time. Does that just do something for you mentally, or what, what does it put too much pressure on you? Where, where, where's your head at, like? step into that rotation? I think the one thing that's always kept me humble is just knowing where I come from. Like in every situation, all of the struggles, the adversity, the challenges, um, always having to overcome something. Um, I've, I've been blessed to be in unique company. Like I had a, I had an argument with, uh, I forgot who I was going back and forth with, but they had been on a few teams and we were, we were like, put your top 10 teammates on a list. And I always tell people in the event that this comes up, I feel like I got the best list. Like my top, my top 10 to go against whoever's ain't even close. So you got to remember, I've been. I've played under Don Nelson. Your top ten, your, your top ten what? players, five ten players of all time. Again, just the top ten players that I've been teammates with. I put them up against anybody. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So, first of all, being able to be coached by Phil Jackson, Avery Johnson, um, Don Nelson, Greg Popovich, uh, I. It's, the, the list 
goes on. And people, you know, we talked about it already. I was teammates with Steve Nash. I was teammates with Dirk. Um, I was teammates with Jermaine O'Neal. You know what I mean? I was teammates with uh, Artest. Obviously a bunch more. I'm just naming some. Um, been teammates with Dwight Howard and, and James Harden. Uh, being teammates with Tim Duncan, Manu, Tony. Being team- teammates with Melo, uh, Kenyon. Like, my list, and I ain't even touching purple and gold. Dante's shaking his head over there. He's like, hey. Well, it could have been. I, I, no, his, 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 his list is crazy, it's, it's crazy. Like, it's, it just the name, like who he just named, like how much, how much winning has been done with those names. Like people don't even and un- understand. Like it's this is wild. Like that's like so. Geez. You know that being able to play with Kobe, D. Fish, Lamar Odom, Paul Gasol. Listen, and I tell people this all the time: if Andrew Bynum never got hurt. So people talk about who were like the top five centers to put on a purple and gold. He was one of them. Will. He was that good. Shaq. Pow. Um, can't forget about Cap. And Andrew. Andrew was that good. Wow. Bro. Andrew, listen, he put on, he had a step, bro, where he was playing like 20, because he was on a minute restriction. He was playing like 25 minutes a mm-hmm. game. Bro was averaging like mm-hmm. 25 and 13 or something crazy before he tore his uh, meniscus, bro. Bro put it together. In 25 Listen, minutes. He was going rim to rim. Dumped that thing down. He had the left. He had the right. He had the post work. He had a cool little Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Bro, he defensive rebounded. He, he's seven foot one, 295 pounds. Bro, like, you saw what he did to the odds, right? Mm-hmm. 42. But even 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 early, though, with his flashes went shot in the 2005, crazy, before you even got there. And he don't like basketball. Moving he shot. don't like basketball. Moving That's the crazy shot. thing. So when when just talking to him and just getting him to finally, like, like Cole had it where they, they finally got him to cut that thing off, he was unreal, bro. They was getting him going early. Like, big fella, we need you. <laughs> like, he was crazy. He was crazy, wow. bro. So, um, just that just that greatness, man. But that's all, that comes to show with the whole mental thing, though, too, though. You know, like, like people don't understand. Like, it's, it's we're talented. We're, we're, we're doing something that we love. We can pay a lot of money. But at the same time, you still got to have this mental right. If you don't have your mental right, then there's, there's, it's, you can have all the talent in the world. You can you can have all the, the 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 attributes. You can have all the abilities. You can have whatever you need to have. But if you don't have this right, it's it's you're useless. You're 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 not focused. If you have an injury, you get injured. Your mental goes there goes the rest of your body because if you're not focused on trying to come back and to be healthy and be yes. strong, then. You know, it, it 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 all plays in in into this, man. It really does. And when we when we get done really with does. the with the interview, make sure I bring something up to y'all, man, because I was having this argument today. But to your point, the mental is beyond important. Um, but I say all that to say, like, 
there was there was for me there was more pressure performing at Riverdale High School than it was at the Staples Center. And I feel like Dante, I feel like you can relate to this. You know where you come from. You know what it's like playing in your city. Like oh, and way like, harder than playing in front of play. your <laughs> peers and being in those environments. I feel personally for sure, for sure, prepare you for the league and everywhere else. If if you about that, that's why when I went to Mad, hey, I'm at the Madison Square Garden. You can check my numbers. I averaged 20 points in Madison Square Garden. I averaged from uh from the Jordan Brand All American game to every game I played with Syracuse to every game we went to with the Kings. I averaged. I, I literally averaged. It's probably about 22 points in the garden alone because you get there. It's like, oh, man, this is it's the garden. We, I'm about to turn up like it, this is easy. It's way harder to go down in Baltimore and play against Mount St. Joe in my rival high schools or, or St. Francis or to go down and, and, and play in the Brunson, the pro-am in Baltimore. Like it's way harder to play in that than it is to play in the Staples Center in front of in front of. 17, 18,000 people. It's, 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 it's way easier to go to Syracuse and play in front of 34,000 people than it is to play in front of 200 people, 300 people at the, at the Brunson or 4,000 people at one of my high school games. Like the environments we came up in definitely set us, it's set different. us right. Like it it's got different. us ready to, for, for, for whatever. Like, the goal in front of a harsh crowd in front of China with arena full of smoke. And you out there got to perform. Oh, yeah, that's that's yeah. light work. I'm laughing yeah. out there. That's and it's like not not everybody, not everybody goes through that. But a lot of guys understand those rivalries. A lot of guys understand what it's like being at home, playing in those situations. I felt like those will get you right. Those definitely prepare me for for those types of environments because I love big games. I love the game, period, mm-hmm. but it's it's to another level. If it's a big game, you got to show up and show up. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a cool thing, and it's a blessing to look to your left, and you got cold, or look to your right, and piles right there. And then you get to compete against these guys every day in practice. Like, those mm-hmm. were the moments that we enjoyed the most because that's when we got better. That's where we right. really, really got better. And that's how you're able to really show what you can do and build that trust. And that's how I was able to build that trust with Kobe like that and with the rest of the guys. Yeah. So I need your best Kobe story. Too many of them. But what I will say is um, I was doing something. We were playing with the Hawks. Uh, a whole night of turning up. Everybody know you come to Atlanta. Polo used to do his thing. He used to have them gatherings. <laughs> we used to fellowships. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was, it was back during the time where Clayton County had lost their accreditations. And I was putting a technology center in my high school. I wrote a personal check for $20,000 to put a technology center in my high school. And I asked Kobe and Derek Fisher to come help me present, and they both did on game day. And they still talk about that to this day. Like, Cole was on the south side 
in Riverdale. These fish was on the south side in Riverdale, bro. Like, we pulled up. Them folks was geek. One of my best stories, bro. Like, we could talk about clubbing or doing this or, you know, I had a dinner with me, Cole, Steve Stout, and Jay-Z on the top of this restaurant in New York. I got all those stories. But the ones that mean the most is he took time out of his day to do something for me for a cause that I cared about. That's that's, that's why when you when he passed, God rest his soul, so many people were touched. And then you start hearing all these stories. Oh, Cole played with my kids. He was training them for an hour. He did this or he did that. Like, bro, he always did that. Like, he showed up to one mm-hmm. of the, we had a baby shower. And he showed up. He did an interview for GQ and had the baby gift and mentioned it in the interview. Like, yeah, I'm going, I'm going to pull up on my brother. He's having a, a baby shower. You know, I got this gift for his baby girl that's coming. Like, bro, bro was showing love, though. That's far. So hard, bro. That's far. So, you know, those things are so humbling because to, to earn someone like that, his respect, people can say what they want, bro. Like, who's Josh Powell, bro? You ain't never played. You ain't never do this. You ain't never do that. But it means a lot to me when when Dante Green, another NBA player, says, listen, at the end of the day, my guy's a professional. I know what I'm going to get out of him. I respect him. I got nothing but love for him. That's the biggest, that's the biggest accomplishment and the biggest thing you can ask for from anybody is the respect from your peers. Not, sure. not like for sure. What this guy doing here? How how does how this guy get up in here? Like, no way. Well, well, like, what's he doing? You know what I'm saying? Nah. Yeah. I, I can literally say, like, I've put in a body of work that my teammates, my peers from league to league or whatever. People can literally say, like, I appreciate Josh. He's a professional. He did everything the right way. I know what I'm going to get from him. He worked his butt off. All of those type things. I I can sleep at night with that. Because in this game, Tay, you know, Caleb, same thing. Everybody does it. Everybody's chances are different. Everybody's situations are different. Some people get a chance to actually mm-hmm. move, and some people don't. You know, some people might get chances to show and others won't. Some people only get practices where they get to let loose, you know? And mm-hmm. and and people feel like, oh, this guy can't play or whatever. And it's like you have no idea. See me in the open gym. See what's happening. You think no you facts. think that you think it's sweet. Pull up. It's all good. Pull up. So that's what I'm saying. Two time. Probably should have been three time. NBA champ, but uh, you not only got it done in the NBA, though, before you finish your career up, you also went overseas and won EuroLeague. I mean, rare company, too. For people that don't know, it's, it's very, I about to say, for people that don't know, as an American going overseas, especially in EuroLeague, very hard to win EuroLeague. I think it might be a harder, might be just, as, I think it's just as hard to win an NBA championship as it is to win a EuroLeague championship. And 
for you to be able to experience it on both sides, NBA and Euro League, two, the two best leagues in the world. Tell us how it was going over to Olympiagos and, and, and winning that Euro League chip. So, you know, I'm thankful for Olympiacos, but it was, it was crazy because it was coming off of a very disappointing stint with the um, New York Knicks. I think I was with the Knicks that time. Mm. And, Tay, you know the business side. Right. And trying to figure out a word this. Being in a situation where, you know, dog on way, you're supposed to still be there. But these teams have... The politics won't let it. Straight up. So, anyway, the blessing in disguise. Hidden agendas. So, Hidden agendas. All that. So... I went to Olympiacos after they had won the EuroLeague the year before. Um, mm-hmm. What's big fella name? I know his name. He went to Memphis because we were teammates in Houston. Joey Dorsey. Dorsey was there the year before that. And basically, he decided mm-hmm. to not come back because of the money or whatever. But I was able to get that spot. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, AC Law was there. Uh, uh, Kyle Hines, which arguably, when Kyle's done, may probably be the, the best, best American, American player, player to ever, ever play in Europe. Yes. Um, yes. Who else was there? Especially defensively. Yes. So they had a shout out Kyle. Got a shout out Kyle because his body of work is crazy. Um, mm-hmm. They have. Uh, Papa Nicolau, who actually played uh, in, the league, in the league, was with Houston when I was there. Vanilli mm-hmm. um, Spanulis, one of the best Europeans to ever play. Probably the best Greek now until Giannis to play. Mm-hmm. Um, point guard. He actually played for Houston, too. Um, yep. I didn't know that. He played for Houston for like a year. And it was like a year or two. And then, and then came back. Um, and I can't even remember Big Fella name because he he played for the Hawks for like two or three years. It's my boy too. Um, he gonna kill me. Uh, I'll figure it out. But anyway, great group of guys, and um, yep. the the way that they embraced me coming in, you know, being a part of that team, figuring my role out. You know, I had some frustrations. Um. I actually, that was one of the years, like I had, I had some knee issues, um, you know, so, so going from three years of being, three months of being healthy when I first got there, we literally didn't lose a game. And then my mm-hmm. knee, something happened, my knee swole up, I got the PRP injections, and then they brought in another big Sermentini, George Sermentini or something like that. And they literally had me, him, and Kyle at the, the five spots. But then me and George split the, like, my minutes were my minutes, and then it was cut in half. So then Kyle basically still played his minutes, but then me and George were, like, split minutes. And, um, you know, I was going through my frustrations, but at the end of the day, like, we were able to get it done and, you know, win a championship in London. You know, coming back from being down 20 to to making a run and 
basically like a repeat of the year prior to. It was just so crazy because the year before that, they were down big. And that's when Prentices hit that that little push shot to, to help them win it. And then that, that next year, yep. And then that next year, we had a, a crazy comeback. I barely played. I might have played like the first five minutes or whatever. Kyle played majority of the time. And I, and I knew, you know what I'm saying, they were most comfortable with him. And um, But but he killed it, man. He did his thing. And, and everybody played really well. You know what I mean? So it was just a blessing to be a part of that team and win a EuroLeague championship and to be in rare company because I think it's only three, maybe four other people to have an NBA, Back to well, NBA championship and a EuroLeague championship, let alone have two Euroleague. NBA championships and a EuroLeague championship. Mm-hmm. Well, man, so fast forwarding to where we at now, your fourth league, fourth year just wrapped up in the in the in, in the big three. It's four, right? Yeah, because you started you got that in there a year mm-hmm. before I did. Um man, just talk about our squad, man. You know, it, I I always talk about my guys, but uh, you know, it's it's good to hear it from from one of my teammates. So how did how's you know, how is the killer threes and how is the 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 league treating you? So obviously with the league you know, I'm always be transparent. I feel like there could be things that could be done better. I'm riding for my guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we're, we're trying to figure out that scope and what that looks like and how we can continue to expand and, and just, you know, have a better working environment for all of us. But all in all, it's still a blessing. I think that the big three has blessed so many players a lot of guys have gotten additional opportunities from playing in that league. Guys have gotten coaching opportunities from playing in that league. So it is a plus. It is a amazing league with great opportunities. And the upside of that league is, is beautiful. Um, Killer Threes is all I know. This has been my family since the, the start of the league. I've been fortunate to be one of those guys to see it from the jump. Tay came in year three, year two. Wait, we just did season five. I'm tripping. Year three. Year two for year two for you. Yeah. I'm talking for you, it was year two. So mm-hmm. um this has been our family. I don't I don't know no other way to describe it because we have different everybody has different personalities. Um, but this has been a beautiful family. You know what I mean? And the fact that me, you, and Frank which uniquely is different than every other team in the league because we've kept our core. I don't think there's any other team in the league that still has the same core. I don't think. No. So that, that's a testament to us, how we are as professionals and our chemistry. And even though we know better, we know what we should do, you know, we had some, some moments, but all in all, I wouldn't do it any other way. We're underdogs. We got something to prove. We all have that chip on our shoulder. And um, I would go to battle with these guys on the court and off the court. You know what I'm saying? And I know I've never been that type to to talk or speak in such of a way. But, you know, Tay, you know, if we together, bro, and I'm with you, we solid. You know what I'm saying? You already know. We Absolutely. Guy. So I, I just I appreciate the guys. And uh, this year was was unique because 
over the past year, I've been on a spiritual journey. And the fact that everybody has respected that, especially you, you being somebody that's like, listen, I'm going to call Thomas. I'm going to call Clyde. Like, we're going to make sure you're still able to follow through and do, do what you need to do as long as we can have our, guy, our game ready, we're set. And, and you know, right. that to me was the most beautiful part of this year because don't get me wrong, bro, it was hard stepping out of practice and doing service. It was hard, like, you being in and you, out. You got to do what you got to do, bro. But but yeah. the support means a lot, man, because what what if guys are like, man, what are you on? He's not focused or he's, you know, whatever. But it's the fact that everybody, including O, was like, hey, do your thing. You know what I'm saying? So that means mm-hmm. that means a lot, man. And, and you know, th- the chemistry, we, we've also been one of those teams that every year we've added great guys on the team. So we just been we just been like this and we've been vibing, you know, and, and it's been fun. You know what I'm saying? Tay, Tay is the leader. Tay is the leader. When it comes to that, Tay gonna turn up. You know, we go we're gonna have some fun. We're gonna figure it out, man. But but it's been beautiful. Yeah. It's been great. No, we we gonna we gonna have a better year next year. Um this past year we did I think we did better than the year before. You know, we kinda knew our niche. Um, we, we, we were way more comfortable with each other and it didn't kind of, you know, end how we wanted it to, or not even kind of, we didn't, but, uh, you know, we, 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 we dogs, we're going to keep fighting. We're going to come back and we're going to come back stronger and, and better next year and, and, and just continue to grow, man, continue to build and, and, uh, you know, definitely have some live podcasts next summer and, and, and do some stuff and. Got to have my guy back on even before next year. NBA season right around the corner. So, you know, my my, my dog is definitely going to be rocking with us. I just want to say thank you, you know, for coming on today and and and, and blessing us with your presence and, and your stories and and just talking about your journey, man. You know, you're 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 rare. You're a rare guy. You're a journeyman who who has been through through a lot. And been around the world, but has most importantly been a winner. So, you know, I salute you, bro. I give you my flowers. You are, give you your flowers. And uh, you already know, my guy, you know, we rocking. I love you, man. Appreciate you. I love you. you too, man. And I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity. And Caleb, you know, for everything that everybody's doing. You know, it was, it, it's a great thing that what y'all are doing, man. And anything I could do to support Dante, I'm, I'm going to support, you know, and you know, it's it's crazy because it's it's so much to these, so many stories. I'm just grateful for the opportunity to tell just a little bit more than than the last time. Oh, we got <laughs> we gonna get to some more now. We got some more episodes. <laughs>